What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Grow Flow podcast, where we bring you the best information, insights, and interviews to help you grow and manage your licensed cannabis business. My name is Joe Stolte, and I'm with that guy today. Travis Steffen. He's amazing. I always have to compliment Travis. He's Good great. Good, sir. Um, okay, so in today's episode, we want to talk about the ungodly, amazing amount of money that's been flowing in to cannabis companies in 2021. Wow. Where to start? Well, first of all, this was not the case a year and a half ago. Yeah, t- take us back 2019, 2020, because it was a very different world back then than the world we're living in now when it comes to raising capital to scale yeah. and grow your cannabis business. Yeah, towards the end of 2018, before that, there was like a kind of a very rapid rise of certain early stage cannabis companies because there was some froth around legalization. And then some things happened, vaping crisis, financial crimes, things like that from some of the early players and so forth. And it kind of led the, the cannabis public markets to month over month tumble from the beginning of 2019 all the way through the end of 2019 and even into the very beginning of 2020. Now, thankfully, GrowFlow was a very fundamentally sound business, but we were courting a lot of cannabis-specific investors ourselves in mid to late 2019. And they weren't really sure what to make of, of the market at the time. And um, towards the end of 2019, we found that their limited partners, the people who actually put money into these funds, were pressuring the people who actually do the investing, the general partners in the funds, to hit the pause button. And so we basically, at the last second, where we were about to close around, we were kind of forced to go to a sector agnostic growth equity fund route and go to, to private equity companies and say, hey, we've got a really fundamentally found, uh, sound SaaS business, uh, software as a service business. Um, what do you think about our business as a whole, not necessarily the sector? And we were able to get a solid investment in early 2020, uh, right when all the lockdowns hit. April 1st, which I kind of was hoping wasn't an April Fool's Day joke, (laughs) Um, but we closed April 1st of 2020. Now, since then, there were, I mean, maybe there was a month or so uh, at the very beginning of the pandemic where there was some uncertainty on how the government would handle cannabis companies. And as soon as it got carved out into an essential service business, the market kind of took off like a rocket because- That was amazing. Consumers were buying cannabis in record amounts. Um, They were stocking up as if it was going to be the end of the world. Now, what ended up happening as well is so many people were so anxious from, you know, not knowing what a pandemic would bring was rather than go to pharmaceuticals, they turned to cannabis. So there were a lot of new customers that also came into this space. And then what started to happen was because of the pandemic, a lot of states that were missing out on tax revenue from other services that they wouldn't be able to necessarily offer in the same way with people being at home, um, let's say like bridges and tollways, things like that. People aren't out and about. They're just sitting on their butts at home. Um, they need to, needed to replace that revenue. And there were a, a number of cannabis states that were already legal. So it, that's those are the hard ones. The other states started rapidly legalizing, right? And the rapid legalization starts to create rapidly increasing TAM or total addressable market. And that leads to more money pouring into the space. So that that trend started to increase in 2020. 
and then it has not slowed down in 2021 no. at all. It's on the opposite of slowing down. Well, exactly. let's pause and, and let's just check in because the reason why this is important, why should you care about where the money, investment money is flowing into cannabis? Mm -hmm. Well, you should care about that because that's like one potential hypothesis of where the puck is going. Mm -hmm. Where is the innovation going? Where's the value going? Where's right. the money being made? Where's the growth gonna be had? Mm -hmm. So if you're sitting out and you're thinking about the future of your cannabis business and the larger ecosystem, mm -hmm. looking at where the outside money is going in isn't a perfect way to see into the future, but it's a decent way to say, where's the puck going? Where's the ball going? Where is the industry going? And how can I use that information to, to make some adjustments in my own business? Absolutely. So let's talk about what are the key observations that we've seen in terms of where the money is going in the industry in 2021. The first thing that I've seen just to address our customers directly and our viewers directly, many of you are involved in plant touching businesses. Um, that's the first place where money is going because private equity and hedge funds and family offices and high net worths and celebrities want to be in the industry, but they want to be, you know, behind the brands. They want to be behind the companies that are actually creating the products. Um, and they want to put their names on them and consolidate them into one super entity wherever they can. Um, and you're starting to see this pretty rapidly occur intrastate. So you'll see one large operation starting to gobble up the ones around it. Um, so that's the first place that money is going. There's a lot of capital going to plant touching operations right now. The second trend that I've seen has, has been in the ancillary services and software realm. There's a lot of money going to companies that are directly helping customer like businesses sell more cannabis, whether it's the wholesale, uh, businesses, the, the cultivators, the processors, the manufacturers, the distributors, or the retailers and dispensaries. If your mission in life is to help people sell more cannabis and you're doing a good job and you're actually proving your worth, which is the hard part, you are going to get investment dollars because your customers will tie the value that you're offering them and the amount they pay you directly to the amount of money they're making. Yep. So by, by tying yourself to that transaction, you're safeguarding, you're, especially if you're doing a good job. If you're not, like you're going to get washed out right away. But if you're one of the few that can actually deliver results, you will get investment. Yeah, 100%. Sure. Um, let's talk about where it's not going as much. Mm -hmm. Like there's money going there, but when you compare it to, let's say, retail dispensaries, ancillary services that are mm -hmm. helping these folks make more money selling directly to the end customer or end patient, where is it making, where, where are we seeing less investment capital flowing, but still some? Yeah, you're seeing less investment capital flowing to um, the more saturated software offerings or the more saturated business models. Um, if you've got flat sales, if you've got um, a value prop that isn't necessarily super sticky and isn't tied to people making more money, which is always their primary goal as a business. Um, if it's just modest, improvements in performance, or if it's a nice to have a vitamin, not a painkiller. Uh, there's not a whole heck of a lot of money going into those businesses because there's not a whole lot of growth in those businesses. It's yeah. harder to keep your customer. It's harder to charge more money for that customer. Um, now, if you're, for example, a, um, a cultivator and you're creating the same products as anyone else, your product is becoming commoditized before your eyes, your margins are thinning, 
And investors will not want to invest in you nearly as frequently because their upside is reduced. They're going to want to come in and make money on their money. And if they don't see an upside in doing so, they're going to go somewhere else. So they might go to a brand that has celebrity backing. They might go to a vertically integrated organization that has repeated and guaranteed sales. Um, but if you're, for example, a, a cultivator and you don't necessarily have deep relationships with your customers and your, your margins are thinning and so forth and you don't have vertical integration downstream, it's going to be a lot, diff a lot more difficult for you to um, survive over the long haul. Yeah, and this should come as no surprise to anybody, but a big thing driving this is consolidation, mm -hmm. right? So talk some more about that. Yeah, so what we're seeing, um, plant-touching organizations in the states where it's legal to be vertically integrated are becoming vertically integrated because there is uh, a higher predictability in the success all the way through the supply chain. They know, they'll know exactly what to grow, where to send it, how much it'll cost, how much to charge, what the consumers are asking for, that information gets communicated then back up the chain. Um, and then the consolidation also occurs when someone is doing a great job at one thing. So let's say for example, you've got a dispensary that you buy the one down the street and those operations are becoming standardized to some degree. And you'd say, okay, there's a gap across town. I'm going to buy that one. So you're now creating this conglomerate and you can share in your tooling. You can share in your training. You can share in your methods. You can share in your hiring resources. You can share in your HR. You can share in all these other things and you can get blanket discounts from vendors because you're buying in bulk. So now the bigger you get, the more of an operational advantage you have and the more investable you become because your margins improve and your success is more guaranteed because you're diversified across more areas. Uh, so all those things make you a much more investable business because a lot of these investors are going to have specific theses. They're going to, for example, if you're a software investor, you want to see the path to 10x, 100x, 1000x return. And if you can't paint it, you're not going to get the investment. If you're a plant touching entity, you're usually going with family offices and hedge funds and private equity funds that want a 2x or 3x their return. And they will fund your ability to consolidate because that's one strategy to 2x or 3x your return. And by doing so, they're going to gobble up more ownership in your business. Yeah, 100%. One thing that stands out to me from talking to our customers is there's a sub-segment of people in the market that aren't struggling. They've doing some form of consolidation or vertical integration. They're doing well financially and they're thinking strategically. Hmm. They're thinking, how do I go to the next state over or the next state over after that and start setting up shop so that when federal legalization comes, I've got a, a national footprint. Where are the you know effective trade routes going to show up? Where is supply and demand going to get evened out or some of the lumps will get taken out. You know, how will supply in one market be able to feed a new state that's opening up with federal legalization? So that's the kind of thinking that I've seen in some of our customers. And it feels like that's a there's a big difference between those folks and the folks that are uh, maybe only have like one location or one grow or one uh, producer processor, or one, you know, sort of retail location. Um, and, and that seems to be playing into where the money's going as well, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I mean, I think it's a, a microcosm of something that happened thousands of years ago with the advent of civilization. You start to get the advent of specialization in roles. And with specialization comes efficiency. You start becoming, let's say, 
back before this all happened, you might've been going around your farm and doing a million different things yourself. And you're just in do mode. You're tending to your sheep and you're growing a few crops and you're cleaning your home and you're, you know, beating away invaders and whatnot that want to steal what you have. Um, so you're, you're focused on security and also taking care of your family. But if you're able to then be part of a society where you can say, all right, you know what? I'm going to use my money to go buy things from other people. I'm just going to focus on sheep, right? And that's the value that I'm going to add to the world around me. So in cannabis, if you're thinking about that same sort of specialization starting to happen with consolidation, um, you as the operator, let's say, for example, you're a cultivator, um, you right now probably don't have, if you're not vertically integrated, if you're not consolidated, if you're just a, a, a small operation, you're doing everything. So your brain is constantly in task execution mode and you have no ability to think strategically. If you're aligned with other operations that are taking something off your plate, which doubles your amount of time to do what you're doing, now you can say, all right, let me stop and think, what's the most efficient way to do this thing that I'm doing? What's the most efficient way for me to double my yield or increase the, the efficiency of use of my space? or improve the ability for me to deliver products to the next stop in the supply chain. And you wouldn't have had that mental space to think about that, which your competitors also don't have, or the ones who are consolidated have way more than you. Um, so it's, it's almost the smallest folks that are doing everything themselves and have kind of refused to hire or refused to partner or re refused to buy or be bought or align in some sort of joint venture. They're giving up a lot of opportunity to make space to think in ways that their competitors aren't. Yeah, I love that. That's super important. Just that the whole distinction that creating space to think is a competitive advantage for your business, no matter where you're at, whether you're, mm -hmm. you know, one location, you're an MSO, you have lots of locations, you're vertically integrated or not. Like that's a key insight, like being able to create that space to think uh, so that you can be a little bit more strategic. Mm -hmm. um, cool. Any final thoughts on this one? I would say if you're, regardless of where you're at in, in your cannabis journey right now, um, it would be a good idea for you to think about how much of your day is spent in execution mode and just mindless doing of things rather than the amount of time you're spending thinking about how to do things better. We've got two ways to improve, and it's the capacity and ability, and it's the velocity and speed. Right. And if it's not aligned with one of those two things, then I don't know what it is, because for the most part, all those everything is aligned with one of those two things that is going to allow you to improve. Um, and the way to unlock more of that is to partner and align yourself with other operations doing things well that you maybe don't do as well. And you're able to focus on your strengths a lot more and cut out your weaknesses. Um, so whether you want to be bought or buy others, whether you want investment dollars or not, your success is really going to come down to the amount of focus you can put into doing something better than the people next to you. Yeah, hundred percent. And if you look at what's happening in the industry, one last thought, there's a lot of consolidation and a lot of money going to the end customer, the businesses mm. that have the closest relationship with the end customer and the businesses that are helping them make more money by selling more end product. Absolutely. So if, if that's not you and you're all the way at the other end of the value chain, if you're, uh, a grower, a wholesaler, whatever, you should think about partnering. You should think about how can I work with other smaller single location areas to put together our our, our power 
to reach more people, to have more stability, to have some strength in numbers. You don't have to like sell your company or or get bought out. You can uh, effectively do some of this through partnership. But with the massive consolidation that's happening, uh, and it's only going to get crazier uh, on on the parts of the business that are closer to where the end customer is. You've got to start thinking about what this is going to look like for your business over the next 6, 12, 18, 24 months because uh, it's going to get real. And when federal legalization comes, it's going to get really real. Uh, and to, to the tune of you are having a great thriving business today and tomorrow you're out of business. Mm-hmm. So just something to think about. Um, if you guys want access to the data that we've put together on where some of the deals are going, where some of the dollars are going in the cannabis space, you could email us podcast at growflow.com and we'll get that over to you. Uh, if you have any questions about how to raise capital or how should I be thinking about my business strategically so that we can actually position ourselves to grow with what's coming in the future, you can also shoot us an email podcast at growflow.com. We'd love to help you out. Um, as always, we appreciate you watching the show. Uh, please share and leave a review on this podcast wherever you're watching it uh, so that we can uh, stimulate the algorithms and uh, reach more and more people. Thanks so much. We'll catch you on the next episode.